You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Royals. I'm joined by ESPN Kansas City host Sterling Holmes. You can follow him on Twitter at HomestretchKC. Sterling, what's going on, man? Uh, I'm doing it, baby. I'm doing it. Keep trying to keep warm during this brutal cold. My brakes went out in my car the other day. Um, I've been better, but I'll tell you what, I am just ready for spring training. I'm ready for baseball. I'm ready for the Royals. I wish I was in surprise because I'll tell you what, that sounds fantastic about right now. My hands are chapped, but I'm excited because I'm doing this with you. Yeah. Today's going to be a rough day for those of us in Oklahoma and Kansas and, and all throughout the Midwest, because today you're going to start seeing the pictures from surprise from the Royal social media team and the sunshine and surprise Arizona, the pitchers and catchers, the P's and C's. It's baseball season, though. I mean, it, it's here. The Chiefs season is over. It's time to dive into Kansas City baseball. This is my favorite time where every team thinks they still have a chance because every team technically still has a chance. So for me, this is fun. It's all about the what ifs. It's all about the potential. And I think, unlike the past few years, the Royals are clearly trending in the correct direction. Yeah, I think that this offseason, which we can lead into that right now, this offseason was a step in the right direction. It was something that a lot of teams around baseball aren't doing, which is simply trying. And I know that that might sound crazy to some like non-diehard baseball fans, but the fact that the Royals are even trying to remotely improve the roster is more than about 27 other teams are doing right now. So they do deserve a lot of credit for this offseason. I know that at the station and everything, it's all just Chief-centric for the most part in the offseason. But what was your feeling as you saw you know, Carlos Santana, Mike Miner, and all these other moves get made for Kansas City? To me, this is just a team that's saying, you know what, we're going to try. We may not make the playoffs, but we at least want to compete. We have the new owner. We want to show that we're, we're serious about this. We're going to put our money where our mouth is. We want this to be a new era of Royals baseball, and they're doing that. And who knows what Carlos Santana could be? We have no idea if he's literally just too old now and he's actually washed up or if he can recapture some of his magic, the way he just crushes it in Kaufman. And Mike Meyer, kind of the same story here. Uh, obviously, I will get to Andrew Benatende probably in a little bit. But these are all moves that say we're tired of losing 90-plus games. Let's be competitive. Let's give the fans what they want. And let's show everyone this is a new era. It's time for the Royals to be competitive, and the time starts now. And I think that a lot of these moves also indicate that, you know, the time is, is now to start turning the corner and starting to be more competitive and, and be watchable night in and night out, feel like you have a chance every single night and, and not be mathematically eliminated by May. But it also puts a lot of pressure on next year. I think that, you know, these two-year deals and, and everything that they've done at this point, even the Benetini trade, is putting yourself in position to where in 2022, it's no longer just, hey, let's be competitive. It's let's make the playoffs. It's time to make the playoffs. Now we've made all these moves. You would imagine they're going to improve themselves this next off season as well. And then you have all these young pitchers still to come up. It's not just singer and Bubich. There's still so many more on the farm right now that it's just exciting times in Kansas city baseball. It reminds me a lot of you know, that 2013 season where you can start to see it come together a little bit. And I think that for me, the expectation is 
simply that. I mean, in 2013, when everything went to Seattle, we all knew they probably wouldn't make the playoffs, but they at least had a shot. They still had a shot at that point. And I, I want this team to feel like they're on the outside looking in a little bit while the Chiefs are starting their season. The preseason, I don't want it to just turn right over to the football. I want there to still be this section of, okay, well, if, if there's certain things break their way, Kansas City's going to the postseason and to have some excitement around Kansas City baseball beyond just a Brady Singer no-hitter into the seventh inning while the Chiefs are playing. You want the Justin Maxwell Grand Slam special. That's what you're asking for. You want to be competitive up until the last week or two, and I am 100% with you, and I think that's what this team is going to do. Uh, do I still think they're probably a year away from making the playoffs? Sure. I, I think realistically that's when you should expect them to make the playoffs, but don't get this mistaken. I think they're still going to have at least enough ammo to make things competitive up until the final stretch of the season. These young pitchers, they're going to take some time to develop, and we'll see some growing pains. But if they can put it together early and, and with this, basically it's going to be a long season for a lot of these pitchers. And the reason why is they, pay, they played 60 games last year. Their arms aren't going to be stretched out to their normal extent. They didn't have all of the innings uh, that they're going to have this year. They're going to have some seven, eight, nine-man, I don't want to say rotations because it's not going to be that traditional but you're going to have guys shuffling up from AAA, from AA, going to the majors to pitch on spot starts. Because do you think some random guy – or not some random, but some young pitchers all of a sudden going to, after playing last year, throw 200-plus innings this year? I don't see that. And the thing is, the Royals have a lot of depth and a lot of young depth at pitcher. I think it's almost plays into Kansas City having a lot better chance because they have all of these depth and rotational pieces. Yeah, I, I think that the Royals are a little bit – under uh, underrated right now because I think that they do have all that depth at, at the pitcher position and you're seeing teams like even the Yankees when I mean, they're stockpiling pitchers the, the Rays have 17 starting pitchers that's the kind of year that they're preparing for right now and the Royals have that that's just on the farm and you're not really sure you know what it's going to look like when they first get called up but I think that the Royals have a complete team and, and I think that they're in a winnable division not to, not, to, not to say that they're going to win the division like itself but in this division they can beat a lot of these teams and they can stockpile wins. Whereas if you're in a division like the AL, I mean, the NL East, you have just these monstrosity teams that are just going to knock down the, the Marlins, for example. I think that the Royals can take advantage of beating the Tigers and beating the Twins and beating the White Sox on a given night or beating the uh, Cleveland team on a given night. I think that they are all within this kind of realm here that, that no one really separates themselves. If I, had to, if I had to rank them right now, I think that Chicago's number one and then Minnesota, and then Kansas City. Like, you can see on certain nights Kansas City beating anybody. Yeah. No, I, I'm actually with you. Uh, that was going to be my take, was I think Kansas City is the third best team in the AL Central. I think Cleveland has – if I was a Cleveland Indians fan, I'd be extremely irritated with what they have done. Same thing with the Boston Red Sox, because you have Kansas City out here acting like they're the Boston Red Sox, and Boston Red Sox acting like they're Kansas City. And as a Kansas City and a Royals fan – this is just very exciting. We don't, I'm not saying the Royals, they haven't spent a ton of money. We're not talking about the Dodgers spending, you know, 250, 300 million. But the fact that the Royals are at least trying, like you said, when a lot of teams aren't, to me just speaks volumes and gets fans, even if the Royals only win 75 to 80 games, it gives you hope. It gives you some glimmer of, okay, this is different. This is a professional team. One through seven, one through eight will have professional at-bats. And just to me, that is beyond a step in the right direction. And I just can't wait. 
Yeah, I think that for the first time in a long time, there's legitimate excitement about Kansas City, even from like non-diehard baseball fans. There's excitement about the Royals this year, which is a step in the right direction. Now, real quick on the ownership before we move into this actual season. Are you on the side of that this is just the easy and smart thing to do for a new ownership group and that it's kind of passed off as just kind of eyewash for good PR of like, okay, yeah, they're trying to improve their team, but look, they signed Mike Minor and Carlos Santana. Or are you on the side of, you know, look, they're trying to improve a team that if they didn't improve this team, like if they just went this off season and ran it back and didn't really add anything, didn't trade for Andrew Benatendi, nobody would have been up in arms or saying that they're a terrible ownership group or saying that they're awful. So if they're already wanting to get involved now and be aggressive now, imagine how much more aggressive they'll be whenever this team is con- actually contending on the field and actually is right there. Because right now they're not a, a piece away. They, they need to have a lot of things break their way, which we'll talk about pretty soon, but you know, they're still taking the steps to get themselves better. And I think that this is more of what this ownership group will be about. I think that they're showing you that if they even think that there's a remote possibility that a core of the Royals can turn into something, because we can talk it out in a second about if everything goes right, Kansas City can be a really good team. Now, will everything go right? Who knows? But if there's even a chance that everything can go right, this ownership group is going to try to contend. That's where I'm at. But I do understand a side of Someone else would argue that, you know, this is just something that the ownership does to curry great favor whenever it's really a a no risk, high reward move for the owners. Because if these moves don't pan out, nobody will then say you should have traded for Andrew Benatendi, because even as much as I like Khalil Lee, nobody's going to say that you should not have made the trade and taken the chance on Khalil Lee getting moved to New York and getting back Andrew Benatendi from Boston. So I think that the ownership group is legitimate. Like this is this is really who they are. They're really going to try to contend. Yeah, I guess I'll be the asshole that says both. I know everyone hates that guy that says it's a little bit of both. I do think some's PR. Uh, you know, Mike Myers is not necessarily moving the needle, uh, the needle a ton. And I was going to say even Carlos Santana to an extent. But bringing in Andrew Benatende, that to me was the difference maker. I do think maybe this is a little PR. And maybe we'll see some because, as we know, he probably wants to move the team downtown or the stadium at least, which is going to completely ruffle my feathers. Um, I, I really do not want that to happen. And I think that maybe we'll see some PR moves leading up to, to decision. Again, we have a lot of years before that actual decision gets put in place. But still, I think the Andrew Benatende deal to me was the one that says, all right, we're, we're done with the, the potential moniker. We're done with it. We've seen this play out too many times. Khalil Lee became, I don't want to say expendable, but when you have guys like Kyle Isabel, uh, you know, Oliveras, you have so many guys. Let's take a, a sure commodity. And people who were complaining about Franchi Cordero, I liked him. I loved that deal for Tim Hill. But again, that's a dude you got for Tim Hill, a loogie. And it's not like Cordero was just tearing it up. And by the way, he's only two months younger than Andrew Benatende. Why does Franchi Cordero get this untapped, unlimited potential while Benatende was the number one or number two prospect in 2017, has had multiple good seasons, and people are focusing on a 11-game stretch, his 60 at-bats in 2020 that are just writing him off. I don't get that. I get heated about it. Just to me, that move speaks volumes about where this team is going. That's a move that says win now, and it helps you build for the future. Yeah, and that's the move to me that that gets me excited for even next year. I know it's it's ridiculous to get excited about the year from now whenever we haven't even played this year's 162. But you know, if, if Andrew Benatendi is going to be the player that they want him to be, it's it's no surprise that whenever you trade your number eight prospect, you're hoping the guy you get back is going to be really good. So they want him to be good. And if he is good, they're going to have to pay him 
after 2022. So if they if they get priced out somehow and, and, and he has this immaculate MVP like run, he's back to his old self or whatever, and even better than his old self whenever he was the rookie of the year runner up a couple of years ago then you have to capitalize on a two-year window here. That means that you have to improve your team each and every year and have to figure out a way to get to the playoffs. And after the CBA's bargain next December, there's going to be expanded postseason. It's even more of a chance for Kansas City to have that expectation level of reaching the postseason. And I think that that's kind of where it, it got legitimate to me, this whole 2022 moniker of, of they're going to compete in 2022, they're going to compete in 2022. It got legit. It got like, okay, this is legitimately going to have expectations tied to it. And every game now in 2022 will have to matter. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. Get 20% off your next order. Built Bars are a phenomenal protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. Get 20% off your next order. Look, the Bilt Bars are soft and easy to chew with 100% real chocolate on the outside. They are amazing for the conscious person to lose and maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The Bilt Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Try them out today with their six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. You're going to want to head on over to BiltBar.com right now and use our promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. My favorite is the caramel brownie option. It is phenomenal. It's worth your time and money. Again, it's fantastic for the keto diet, fantastic protein bar, and it truly does taste like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON, 20% off your next order. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON, 20% off your next order. I also want to tell you about good friends over at Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family-owned business serving you auto parts online for 20 years. That's right, 20 years ago. You probably didn't know how to work the email properly, right? I mean, the internet would just stop working if someone called your landline. 20 years ago was a wild time in history. But way back then, you could have been going to rockauto.com and finding all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. My favorite part about rockauto.com is that you don't have to know anything about cars to know what to do at rockauto.com because all you have to do is put your make, your model, your year, into their database and they're only going to show you car parts that are compatible with your vehicle. That way you don't need to know if something will work in your car or won't work in your car. They're telling you right there what you need with your vehicle. Rockout.com, tell them Lockdown sent you. When you go there, they're going to have a how did you hear about us box. And in that how did you hear about us box, tell them Lockdown sent you and they'll know what to do from there. Rockout.com, amazing selection. We're lively low prices with the parts your car will need. Rockout.com. And when this podcast is over, be sure to check out Locked On MLB Prospects. Check them out today. If you're the type of baseball fan that cannot help but get giddy over prospects, we have the podcast for you, Locked On MLB Prospects, Prospects, hosted by minor league play-by-play voice Aram Layton, is the only daily podcast devoted entirely to the stars of tomorrow, from team-focused farm system breakdowns to prospect rankings and interviews with some of the brightest up-and-coming players in this game, Locked On MLB Prospects is the best way to stay plugged in with your favorite team's future prospects. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcast from. And so we will return to the interview with Sterling Holmes of ESPN Kansas City right now. But remember, this will be chopped up into multiple parts. We went for an hour. This is supposed to be a 15-minute show. We went for an hour talking about this upcoming season. So I'm going to split these all up and condense them down to about 20 or so minutes. That way it's kind of more used to what you're hearing on Lockdown Roads and spread them throughout the week. All because of the trade from Andrew Benatendi. We can start there because I think that that's the hottest story right now for the Royals is what do you think about Andrew? Where are you at with him? For me, I think that what he 
wants to do plays in Kauffman Stadium. I'm buying into the whole muscle watch reports of him dropping the muscles and him dropping the weight that he added to try to beef up to be more powerful. He's reverting back to what he was that rookie year, and he's going to go gap to gap at the K. He's going to play left field. I'm buying into Andrew Benatendi right now. Where are you at? So I've always said this. I don't get what the Red Sox are doing here. This is an absolute fleecing. This is a steal. And the reason why is Benatende has been great every year of his major league uh, career and progressing until the injury. He had the oblique injury. He tried to play through it. His numbers plummeted. And then last year in his 60 game or 60 uh, at bat sample size where he was trying to fight through injury as well, he struggled. Well, yeah, no bleep. Anyone's going to struggle when they're trying to fight through an oblique injury. Look at Jorge Soler. So to me, I'm like, this is fantastic. We bought low on Benatendi. He was, I believe, a runner-up for a gold glove already in his young career at at left field, which is very tough in Boston with the green monster there. So my prediction this year, and I don't want to be too bold, but I think his swing plays well. I don't, I'm not expecting, you know, 25 plus homers, but I think 40 doubles is nowhere out of the equation. I think 40 doubles is very reasonable. I think if he bats 280, 40 doubles, uh, gets a lot of walks, which is a pretty good walk rate, and he can play a gold glove caliber left field. That's phenomenal. All of that for giving up Khalil Lee and unknown and Franchi Cordero and unknown. Just to me, I would 10 out of 10 times take a gamble, which is a not even a gamble on Benatende overseeing if someone like Lee or Cordero eventually put it together. That's where I'm at. I'm with you. I think that, you know, the, the shock factor of trading for a guy like this is, is massive in, in a market like Kansas city. And that's going to get you a lot of PR and, and everything. But beyond that, it's a good baseball move because throw away 2020 for everybody. I, I don't care if you had a great year. I don't think that Salvador Perez, for example, is going to be this amazing otherworldly best of his career hitter again this year, the way he was in half of a 60 game season because of all his injuries he dealt with. It was a phenomenal season for him. I, I don't think you can expect that from him though this season. I don't, I don't think you should be disappointed if he regresses a little bit from that number. I also am not going to hold against 14 games from a, a 2020 pandemic season last year from Andrew Benatendi, because like you said, if you go back to 2019 and, and look at his splits in the first half of the season, he was so much better than he was that second half, right around the injuries. I mean, he was hitting, you know, 274, he had a 351 OBP, he was slugging 433. All these numbers were improved from his second half slate, which obviously drags down his overall numbers. But but he was really good in the first half on top of being rookie of the year runner up in 2017, on top of the good seasons he had before that. So it's really one half of a bad season plus 14 games. And if, if you're going to yeah. give me a 20 something year old kid, uh, you know, if you're going to give me a 20 something year old kid that's had a half a bad season plus 14 games, I'll take that in a market like Kansas City to try to rejuvenize his career and try to cash in on a 26 year old that was once the second best prospect in baseball and also trusted to be drafted at, like with the top seven pick in the first round of, a, of his draft. So I'm in on him. And, and the big knock from Boston, I don't know if you got to consume any Boston media, but it's his base running, it's his fielding. Look, the Royals have Rusty Coons. He's going to get them to, to be running the bases pretty well. I mean, if any organization is going to fix base running and defense, it's going to be Kansas City. So if that's all that Boston fans have worried about over this last bad stretch, then I'm all in on Andrew Benatendi. And, he, and you mentioned the you know, losing the weight and, and going back to his old swing and things like that. That's also going to help him play at Kauffman. So I, I'm all in right, right now with this left fielder. Dude, and the thing that just drives me nuts is 
he's done all these amazing things already, and he's two months older than Cordero. We're not talking about some 30-year-old journeyman. We're talking about a young prospect who's already had success. You get It's the best of both worlds. It's like if Kia Kayahui or any of the number of the Royals prospects actually had success, it panned out, and, and then you had a, a half a bad year, and then you wanted them to bounce back. This is a realistic bounce back. This isn't just blind hope. This is realistic. This is, this is one of my favorite moves the Royals have made, and I, I could not tell you how long. Like, I could not tell you how long a move like this I've been wanting the Royals to do. This is beyond perfect. I didn't think it was realistic. And then when I heard it went through, I'm like, who do we give up? Uh, I'm like, who, which big name player did we give up? And when I found out that it was prospects, basically, because I still think Cordero could be labeled as prospect, I was ec- just ecstatic. So for me, I'm with you. I, I think his fielding will, will be much improved. His base train will be much improved. And between him and Mondesi, there's so much exciting players on this team that it's, it's honestly, it's just fun. It's just fun. That's the best way to put it. That wraps up part one of what will be a multi-part interview. On this part, we mainly talk about the offseason and Andrew Benatendi. On the next part, we'll get more into this actual season and what to expect from this team moving forward this year. Thank you for listening. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you tomorrow on Lockdown Rose.